What's up, fam? And today we're going over five simple mindset techniques that freed me, absolutely freed me from type 2 diabetes. Now, I know that's a mouthful and you're thinking like, D, yeah, right. I know. Look, let me be really, really clear here. Uh, no, this is not going to change like my metabolic state. Okay, <laughs> like, no, this isn't going to take you know with some weird mindset technique. Am I going to totally like change you know type two diabetes forever? Um, actually, yeah, that part, yes. However, is it? Say, am I saying that like you know it's going to free and cure people from like you know like kidney disease and heart disease and stuff like that? No, okay, no, 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 no. no. However. We do know with things like, you know, uh, like meditation or even breathing techniques that we can bring down our blood pressure and our even blood sugar numbers. I gave you all the resources for those. Um, again, if you want to do, um, you can do this on your own. They sell the, um, the version that I got is on, um, Amazon, if you will, the electronic cuff where you can literally like, you know, do the breathing exercise or actually measure your blood pressure, right? And even your blood sugar. Do that, do the, um, you know, do the, uh, the breathing exercise, and then obviously go ahead and test yourself again, which obviously the results will speak for themselves. However, that is not what we're talking about here today. What I'm going to be doing is yanking the covers off and going way deep, going deep, 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 okay, into like how I was over, um, able to overcome like all the emotional and even irrational wants and my relationship with food. Okay. And ask even like deeper, deeper, much more meaningful questions, uh, both mentally and physically. You know what I mean? Here's what I mean by that. Like, for example, I'm sure you're, you're kind of like me in a bunch of these different, you know, Facebook groups online or whatever, and you're seeing different things work for different people. You're seeing a lot of people doing really, really well with like low carb and keto. And let's be honest here. If you're also in some of these groups where people are all about supporting each other and putting all the information out there, you'll also see that it doesn't always work for everybody the same. You know what I mean? I'm in a, um, I'm in a Facebook group myself here where um, there's a lady who's, who doesn't even look, who's not even like big. I'm a bigger guy, uh, started off morbidly, morbidly obese. This is a lady that is a type two diabetic. Um, get this. She does intermittent fasting. She does keto. She does CrossFit and she's pretty ripped. You know what I mean? Um, not like Jack Jack, but in phenomenal shape. And if I could be real here compared to like most folks and even including myself, when we compare like how many calories she probably burns in a single workout versus like probably 90% of the people in the Facebook group, she probably does more in one workout than a lot of us might even do in a week. Right. But then here she is struggling with her blood sugar too. And does it mean that she's a bad person? Does it mean that she's doing something wrong? And she's, she's putting her numbers out there and she's doing a phenomenal job. And it's not that the diet is bad. It's not that she's bad. It's none of that. It's just that at the end of the day, different things work for different folks. And so this is how I was able to kind of like cut through a lot of that. Okay. Cut through a lot of that. And even for me being like the token fat kid, having this weird, irrational and emotional attachment with food, having that stripped for me. And then now having that as like the catalyst to me, like beating up on myself and like, you know, kind of hating what I was doing and, and kind of like almost feeling like part of me had to die. Right. I'm literally going to share with you right now how I was able to turn that, like just yank the covers off, free myself from all of that and really like live this life that I absolutely hope and pray that you're you're like you exceed me. Okay. Like I, and I sincerely mean that with all my help. So, you know, with all my, with all my heart. So let me get right into it. Okay. And, um, a lot of these things are not my ideas. I'm going to give 100%, uh, you know, um, love and, um, you know, and credit to where it is due. And before I even say anything more, two things, number one, understand that I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, you know, I'm, um, I'm not, I don't practice uh, medicine. I don't practice Spanish. I don't practice guitar. I don't practice any of that. Okay. I'm a regular dude. What makes me different from probably like 99.9999999% of the quote unquote experts out there. And a lot of them might actually be experts, whatever. I don't know how people def define experts, right? Look, what makes me different from all them is that I'm actually living with the metabolic condition that they're talking about. Right. I'm, I'm on the, I'm living on the front lines. I'm doing it. 
Okay. I don't read papers. I don't like talk to other people that have the same thing. I don't do group case studies. None of that stuff. I live this thing. And I went from the whole and literally being like morbidly obese, told that I was, if nothing changed that I'd, you know, go, uh, I um, undeniably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did, which was in a dialysis chair. Okay. I was told that I was 12 months away from starting dialysis. My provider at the time did not know that I was one of the kids that took my grandfather to his dialysis appointments. And unfortunately, you know, don't get me wrong. For some people, dialysis is great, right? Point of extension, place to try new things, place to wait for a kidney transplant, whatever. However, in the same breath, he wasn't that fortunate. And unfortunately, I kind of like watched him fade away and, you know, um, up until the point that he had his name called, um, you know, in that dialysis chair, right? I mean, I, well, he had passed outside of the dialysis chair, but, you know, so much of that downward turn, if you will, for him was in that dialysis chair. And I literally got to a point, long story short, if you don't know the story, um, got to a point where I started looking around and I started looking at, I'm look, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. And so I just started looking at things and asking very super simple, stupid common sense questions. Right. So for example, I think my kid at the very, at the time, very, very young and he wanted to get into martial arts and, and it was kind of like, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, like what if my kid wants to go to like T-ball or like soccer or whatever? And one of his goals is to like, I don't know do really good at it, right? Like, do you go to the coach that like has like the winning track record for the last 30 years, you know, or do you go to the guy that's also the, you know, the, um, the coach at the local church, you know what I mean? And high five to the local church. But like, let's say that guy has a family, he's doing the church thing, you know, his real job outside of church might be, you know, something like, you know, selling insurance or a real estate agent, whatever it is, a teacher, whatever. And then on the side, he does, you know, this, and it's like, man, like, you know, you got the guy with a hundred percent focus on it and the other guy, right? So obviously I started to ask super simple, simple questions like to my providers, like, Hey, when I started looking around at everything from, you know, vegan, paleo, Pritikins, keto, whatever, and I would see these people who had life-changing stories, I just started asking super simple questions, right? Like, have you guys had any people that did this? You know what I mean? Have you had, if we all know that type 2 diabetes uncontrolled can live, like, lead to everything from going like deaf, blind, heart attack, kidney failure, stroke, and, you, and you know, amputations, and it's typically not one of, but a number of these things that ultimately bring people down and kill them. Have you had any people turn their life around and now go absolutely drug free? Cause that's what I wanted. Right. And not that they're a bad person or whatever, you know, obviously everybody's experience is different and what, what their patients have done is different. And there's just so many different variables. So it has nothing to do with them as a person, but really just have they experienced it. Right. And the answer was no. And not a problem with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. And the, 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 the real thing, I actually, I would give props to my providers at the time because they basically worked with my wife. My wife is in the healthcare business and they knew my wife and they fell in love with my wife because my wife is such a beautiful person inside and out. And they watched my kids grow in the office. And then what ended up happening is, is they ended up leaning into me because out of love and fear for my wife and my kids. Here's basically what my provider at the time told me. I wasn't following directions. I was goofing off. I wasn't taking my meds. I was just all over the place. And she just leans into me one day. She's so frustrated and huge shouts out to her because without her, I probably wouldn't be here right now because she told me this when she said the whole one year from dialysis, right? That was, um, I don't know, maybe like five years ago now. Okay. She kind of gave me the catalyst, but also made me turn the light on. And here's what happened. She goes, Davis, ask your wife. And I'm like, what? She goes, if you're not going to listen to me, ask your wife, ask your wife what it's like for these people who don't take care of themselves. Ask, ask your life, your wife, what it looks like when they come in here and you know, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's not fun. And it's not always pretty. Right. And she's literally telling me about how, you know, their, their health declines and how the, how the medicines just get stronger and stronger and stronger. Metformin turns into stronger metformin turns into like, you know, another drug to counteract the, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the effects of one other drug. They end up getting higher blood pressure. They take another drug that has side effects. And the next thing you know, they go down this huge path of stronger and stronger medicines. At the same time, what really is happening is that they're taking all these medicines, but to, you know, to get decent blood panels, which unfortunately, I have people that I know that are doing that right now, 
right? But then the hard part about that, and high five to a decent panel, but what's happening, and you can feel free to ask any provider this, is that the foundational pieces are falling apart. And they usually don't put those two pieces together, but here's how you can essentially bring that together because what ended up happening went from that provider to another provider who ended up being the head of the, because my, my wife working at the, um, at the medical place, she literally hooks us up with like the best people within their, you know, within their organization. Right. And so I ended up getting hooked up with, um, um, you know, the head of their division or whatever it's called. And she's like, she goes, Davis, it all kind of happens the same. She ends up saying the same thing, but in a different way. And that all of these patients die the same. That's why type two diabetes is the diet, you know, the, the, uh, the, the problem, the pandemic, if you will, that it is. And I'm sorry, I'm going on this weird tangent here, but anyways, let's cover it because I want to make sure you understand where I'm coming from in that it actually, and in, in absolutely empowers you in the hopes that nobody could ever BS you anymore. And now that you have a very rudimentary and a very undeniably tr- like, you know, um, loving and a truthful place at the very core to cut through the crap then you know, in one way, I hope more than anything that this inspires you. Okay. Oh yeah. Before I say anything more, know that any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. Like I was saying earlier, I don't practice medicine. I don't practice Spanish. I don't practice guitar. Do not use any of this information to treat, cure, diagnose type two diabetes or any other metabolic you know, condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm only doing this to inspire and help save as many lives and help save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have because I sincerely believe the faster that we cut the crap, yank the covers off and give everybody as much information as possible, we flatten the learning curve, lift each other up and the faster that we lift each other up and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families and the faster we're saving families, the faster we change the world together. This is like way bigger than me. I'm just the guy saying, Hey, look, like there's a whole bunch of crap that a lot of people are missing. Anyway, let's get right into it. Oh, two other things. One other thing rather look for you. Yes. For you. I made you a free 21 day transformation challenge. Okay. Inside of this transformation challenge, I show you everything from like how I'm able to shortcut, you know, diet exercise, how I lost my first 75 pounds without any diet exercise or any hardcore dieting. Um, um, no, I'm sorry, drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting, all kinds of stuff. And I give it to you for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. I'll tell you right now. Yes, I do sell a program in there. It's 37 bucks. Look, who gets rich off 37 bucks? Dang near nobody, obviously, right? Um, at the end of the day, I'm just doing this to obviously help keep the, uh, the site up, keep the, uh, you know, the podcast going, keep the YouTube channel going and stuff like that, of which I need to obviously upload some new love on the YouTube channel, which I've been recording. So anyways, I digress on to the next. So basically after asking the new provider, that same question, I was like, okay, I understand. I thank you for telling me that. Right. Cause they're pleading with me like Davis, stop messing around because this kills people. I turned right back around and I was like, okay, well, you know, like how many, I basically told this, the story of, Hey, I, I, I started keto. I started, uh, you know, like vegan and I went down this whole path and, and all this other stuff. And I can't help but notice, but throughout all these different diets, not to get into, you know, one thing versus another, but you can't help but notice that people have changed their lives and have gone completely drug free. And if you're saying that people that are taking these medicines, they only get stronger and eventually they all end up dying pretty much the same way. Have you ever had anybody turn that around? And it was quiet. And it was kind of a weird question because she understood where I was coming from. Cause I'm fighting for like my life. She understands that her telling me that I'm now obviously fighting for my wife and my kids. And, and it became a weird place because the answer was for her was no. And it doesn't mean that she's a bad person. Actually, if anything, it means that I give her even more love and respect, right? Because she's being honest. And, you know, if she really meant what she meant coming at me the way she did for my wife and my kids, well, this was a really cool way to just cut the crap and get right to it. And so we sat there and I was like, oh, okay, well, no, that's fine. It's, you know, it's like Davis, have you ever, you know, like, I don't know, mine for gold and came up with a trillion dollars? Like, no, I didn't. You know what I mean? Um, and that's fine. 
Um, anyway, what I ended up doing is inside of that, I just wanted to be myself and it, it allowed me to start pulling back the layers of the onion, if you will. And so much of this journey with me was with food. And I hope that that resonates with you because I wasn't, I wouldn't be obese if it wasn't for food. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be type two diabetic if it wasn't for food. Um, a lot of my insecurities were buried inside of food. Um, and so what I'm going to do right now is really address those things at their core and share with you how I was able to free myself from all of that once and for all and actually empower myself. Look, I said that I'm going to give you five simple mindset techniques. I'm actually going to give you three huge priceless bonuses. All right. Before I do, let me tell you one quick thing. Look, you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type two diabetes on your own terms. And don't ever let anyone take that from you. All right. You got this. You 100% got this. All right. Now, if there's some weird story or some voice in your head trying to sell you on whatever reason, right. You know, that salesman, that's the best salesman of all, because it gets all right into the crux of things and gets all deep and weird and, and just preys on our own insecurities. If it is our own securities or whatever, right. Um, I'm gonna show you something on how to turn that around and actually make it your best cheerleader and how it actually ex exercise a lot of, a lot of self love and a lot of, um, stuff like that. Well, anyways, let's get right into it. Okay. So the first one is one that um, is so simplistic, so simplistic yet insurmountably powerful. Here goes. And it's why. Now, shouts out to this originally goes to a gentleman by the name of Simon Sinek, which is called the why you've probably heard of it. Um, basically, you just, you know, ask questions why and let it peel back the layers of the onion. However, I'm going to show you a little technique on how to like take that times 10,000. Okay. So here's what I mean. When I would start asking myself a really simple question, perfect example, Davis, I need to get my, you know, my health back in order. I need to get, you know, I need to turn this whole type two diabetes thing around. I need to eat better and exercise, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Why? Why Davis? If I just stopped and asked myself that one question, why? Let me air that out. Okay, cool. You know, um, uh, for my wife, for my kids, you know, for myself, and you're like, okay, well, let's just make it real simple here. So you don't have a, and obviously you can e address each one of these and keep doing the same technique over and over and over, or you can, you know, take it however you like it works. However you want, you can use this. It's a very cool tool. So let's start very simply. All right. I want to be here for my wife and kids. Okay. Why? Okay. And here's the, here's a, here's the, here's the trick. Ask Usually what you want to do is ask that question at least seven times and let it, let it just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Okay. And that'll pull back the layers of the onion. Okay. So let's go. Um, why? Okay. Well, I want to be here for my wife because you know, a, she's my best friend. Um, we also, um, you know, when we got married, I made her a promise in front of everybody and looking her in the eyes, not just as a promise, but because I love her that I want to be the old man that holds the wife or holds the door open for his wife. I want to be the old man who looks at his wife the same way I did when I was 17 years old. I want to be the, I want to be the older guy that holds my wife's hand, no matter what life throws at us. I don't care if we're watching the sun come up, the sun go down. I don't care if we're watching the, the market go up, the market go down. I don't care if we're watching, uh, you know, we're waiting for our children to, to, to have their first children. I don't care if, you know, um, something cataclysmic happens and she needs solace or we need each other. She's the first person I want. And I want to be there until the day that God calls Lord, hopefully her name first. So I can take care of her all the way through. And then me. It's like, okay. And what about for your kids? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously I want to be there the day that, uh, you know, my, my, my daughter, you know, God willing, she becomes a mother, you know, I want to be there the day that she becomes a parent. I want to be the day that she becomes her own working professional. However that is, I want to see her chase her dreams. And what about my son? The day he becomes 
a father, right? Like God willing, when he looks down and we all do that same thing where we look at the baby's eyes and we see, you know, the, or, or we look at their nose and we see like our mom's nose and we look at their cheeks and we see our spouse's cheeks and we look at their smile and we see, you know, like our, 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 our dad's like, you know, lips or whatever. And then let's say he looks into his child's eyes and he sees mine. Yeah. I want to be there. I want to be there for my kids for sure. You know, when my kids get older and, you know, God willing, they have kids. I want to be the grandpa who's kicking their little butts. I want to play with them. I want to take them out. I want to enjoy life with them. And at the same time, if, the, if my daughter is saying, dad, go do a cartwheel, I'm going to go do a cartwheel with my daughter. That's fine. If they're saying like, yo, let's race to the light pole. I might win. I might lose. But dang, you know, you better, you better bet. Like I'm a freaking have fun with them and I'm gonna love every second of it. It's like, Okay. Why? Why do you want to do that? And it's like, okay. Because I want my kids to know that they're loved. Whether, whether life is up or down, my kids have to know that they're loved. And that no matter what, like I'm going to jump in front of a moving train for them. And you're like, okay. Why? Okay, now this is where it gets kind of weird, right? And you're like, well, because when I was a kid, my parents, they came here from the Philippines and they were chasing the American dream and high five to them. At the same time, that also meant that they worked a lot. They worked a lot. And that also means that my sister and I, we were home alone a lot. And that also means that we basically, in certain senses, kind of like raised ourselves. Like I hated being alone. And so I kind of took care of my sister out of fear that she wouldn't have to feel the same way that I did. But then I never really got a lot of that attention. So if I could be honest. I did a lot of stupid things to kind of try to garner that attention when I really didn't need to. And you're like, okay, why? Because I wanted to be loved. And I want my kids to live a life without that kind of insecurity. I want my kids to know, and not that my parents bred that insecurity purposely. My parents did a phenomenal job. They did everything they could. They, they basically worked themselves to the bone to give my sister and I everything they never had before. My mom grew up in the Philippines on a farm. My dad, his dad was a soldier in the, you know, in World War II. He was part of the death march. He barely made it. He came home. His dad was diseased. He barely lived the next, the next 18 years. Inside of that 18 years, my dad was born, but his dad was always in a wheelchair and he never had the regular father son relationship that like some, some people get. And that's just one of those things, right? Where like the cars are laid out for us and we just have to make the best hand out of it. And that's what they were doing. At the same time, like, I'd be lying through my teeth if there weren't times where my sister and I, there used to be this grocery store called Alpha Beta. We would go to the store and steal food so we could eat. I don't really tell people about that. And it's funny because my parents, like people, they see my parents, they're pretty abundant now. My mom does really, really well in um, import-export. Uh, my dad always worked a blue collar job at the post office. However, while he did that, he got into real estate and built himself his own real estate portfolio where he owns, you know, single family residences, duplexes, triplexes, entire cul-de-sac. He owns property here and abroad. Like he, he basically wastes more money. No joke. Like literally wastes more money on Amazon every month than he ever did making at the post office. But that did come at a price. And I don't want my kids to like ever feel 
alone like that. That question why and asking like seven or eight times, pulling that number back and getting to the core, that young me that never had a voice in the same way that it might work for you, indefinitely powerful. And what makes it even way more powerful is to understand the underlying emotions there and to embrace them. For me, for the longest time, like that was part of what actually made me self-sabotage myself and beat myself up. When I actually kind of like peeled the layers back and was able to look at the moving parts inside, which are just a couple of parts, right? Because it was really just an insecure kid fighting, right? Then it just allowed me to kind of like make peace with that and say, all right, dude, it's okay. And lift that up and be like, you know what, dude, look, now that you understand where it's coming from, you can now give that gift to your children in a different way. It doesn't have to be. Negative. It could be 100% out of love. And, and, and some of it like are going to be um, emotions and um, experiences and things that they might not ever see and or even understand the same way. I'll never understand what it was like for my dad to have his dad in a wheelchair and never really be able to have the relationship or a strain on the relationship the same way he did. You know, uh, but we can always take the positive from that and push it forward. Right. So number one is why. Okay. Ask ourselves that question. Why peel back those layers? Why, why am I telling myself I can't exercise? Can I really just walk to the couch? Can I get, can I go from the couch? Can I sit up? Can I stand up and sit down 10 times? Yeah. I probably do that anyway. Cool. That's 10 squats. Right. Can I walk five houses down? Really? I did. Awesome. Let's walk to the end of the block. Oh, I made the end of the block? Dope. Let's do a quarter mile. Let's do a half mile. Let's do a mile. I don't need to compete with anybody. How about I turn on like a podcast? How I, how about I turn on like a YouTube video? How about I turn on some comedy? How about I turn on some music? Or how about I do it in silence? And just soak it all in. And whether I'm just thinking about work, whether I'm spaced out in my own little world or whether I'm thinking about my kids or whether I'm thinking about what I'm doing this for, what if I just allow myself to get lost in the moment, enjoy myself and just get her done? Okay. Super, super simple. Number two is, you know, what do you see yourself doing and doing uh, five years from now and doing it now? Um, so obviously the first one goes to Simon Sinek. This one here actually goes to a gentleman by the name of Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel. Um, he was asked, he was uh, one of the former guys at eBay. Remember eBay? Um, and he was, they were asking him like, how did you get that thing to grow so fast? And how did you get like such huge results so quick? And he was like, do you really want to know? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, okay, fine. He goes, I asked myself, where do I see eBay? Cause keep in mind, this was really just a place where people were selling like, you know, old, like Hulk Hogan dolls and like, you know, old troll dolls or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like basically used stuff to this huge, it became like this crazy, huge enterprise. Right. And he's like, yeah, super simple. I just sat there and I would literally think sometimes I get lost in my own little ideas and I'd say, Hey, look, what do I see myself doing in five years from now? Where do I see this company in five years from now? Or what do I see myself personally doing five years from now? And just start doing it now. And look, I'm not the brightest dude in the world. So I took a step back and I'm like, uh, okay. Um, well, I'm not a business, you know, monster or whatever, but I'm a regular dude. And, um, for me, when it came to, you know, maybe just being healthy or, um, you know, eating better or maybe even a little bit of exercise. Look, I've been wanting that since I was a kid. I was basically a token fat kid. So yeah, I kind of knew what I wanted. I at least had an idea. It wasn't like that. It's not rocket science. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Five years from now, if I was my ideal self, okay, if I was 
my ideal self, what would a regular day look like? And I'm like, okay, like let's draw one out. Okay, cool. So I would probably wake up early every morning. I would probably get some sort of exercise in. And then when it came to eating, I would eat healthy food that I totally love that not only allowed me to be myself, but allowed me to control my blood sugar. And you might be thinking like, D, like that sounds like 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag. And you know what? It sounds like it. But what's weird is, is if you listen to the last episode and you saw how I'm able to control my blood sugar with everything from drive through burgers, um, you know, Mexican food, how I used, ironically, of all things, Chinese food to not only lose weight, but also control my blood sugar. Okay. And if you're questioning that, you're like, yeah, right. D sounds like a bunch of BS. Please listen to the last episode because it's like an hour long and I literally just yanked the covers off on all that stuff. And look, not all of it might help you. Maybe all of it will help you. I'm just yanking the covers back and being totally honest. Okay. This is like a buffet of inspiration. Okay. Whatever works, works. You know, you might not like everything. It's all good. No worries. No judgment. Okay. Just, you know, um, you know, obviously whatever works for you works for you. And that's how life works for everybody. Right. So let's just call that for what it is. It's not about, you know, oh, Mr. Night Guru said this, and I got to put myself inside his box, and I'm going to live in that box, and I promise myself I'm going to freaking eat the same way, the same thing, every single meal, every single day for the rest of my life, and even if my body changes, I'm just going to keep doing it, Like which is just stupid, right? And obviously, that is how these mindset questions are literally how I was able to cut through all that stuff, right? Okay. So, you know... The funny thing is, is I saw myself doing that and asking myself, like, what do I see myself doing five years from now and just start doing it now? That was the catalyst. I just started asking myself, what are foods that I already love that work well with my blood sugar? That way, whether I'm quote unquote trying to eat healthy or if I want to stuff my face like I'm eating at the county fair, I can do it and I won't damage my blood sugar and I can control it. How? Why? By simply Asking myself that one question of what foods do I already love that work well with my blood sugar that I would be happy to eat anyway. Okay. Perfect example. Um, the burger place, right? Um, I think I used fat burger, right? Got rid of the bun, got rid of the ketchup. Cool. What can I put in its place? Another slice of cheese, another patty, full fat ranch dressing, blue cheese crumbles, a fried egg, right? Cause it's like fat burger, right? Um, we got, we got, uh, you know, bacon, guacamole, um, the spicy mustard. Okay, what is that, like nine? Okay, I just pulled that out of thin air. Like if I actually read down the menu, there'd probably be like 14 things that I can put. So I lose two and I get like a whole handful. Like winning all day long, right? The Mexican place, right? Cool. I love this place. I actually just had it recently again for the first time in years because I, I, I haven't been there in a while. But um, street tacos, okay? These street tacos are like crack. Okay, cool. I can't have the tortillas. Frisbee the tortillas. What else can I have in its place? A little more salsa. They have these different salsas. They got red. They got green. They've got um, obviously the what they call pico, right? A little bit of, you know, a little bit of pico, not too much, right? Obviously, I can have some, you know, some uh, guacamole, some crema, some cheese. All right, cool. So I get rid of one. I got like five in this place, right? Like, duh, winning all day long, right? Um, the Chinese food place. Let's cover it real quickly again, okay? Um, obviously, I can't have anything. Else. I didn't have anything off that steam basket. I looked up at the menu, and I'm like, I didn't know what, that, what I wanted. And so um, I've been going to this place for years, and the, the lady behind the counter just says, dude, what do you want? Like, tell me what you want. And I just told her the truth. And I'm like, look, I'm a type 2 diabetic. I can't have any starch. I can't have any sugars. I can't have any fillers or anything like that. She's like, that's fine. What do you want? And I was like, um, you know, give me like, veg-. she's like, what can you eat? And I'm like, uh, like vegetables and like, you know, chicken and, and, uh, and beef and whatever. And so long story short, the, uh, the owner gets involved, starts making me all these one-off dishes. The people in line are like, yo, what's that guy having? I want that. Right. It was a hundred percent fresh. It was made just for me. It wasn't sitting under a bloody heat lamp for only Lord knows how long. And the best part is, is because I used to have the everything double servings of the everything, um, chow mein that had like, you know, the pork and the, and the shrimp and the chicken and the beef. Um, I went on my food app and feel free to look it up. Um, on my fitness pal, a half a cup was 500 calories. And it makes sense because if you ever look at a, um, a, um, oil, 
right? If you ever look at like how much grease is in this, I mean, obviously it tastes good. However, if you look at how much, um, you know, all or um, how much, how many calories are in just a tablespoon of vegetable oil, I think it's like a hundred or like 140, right? And by the time I took a measuring cup at home, and measured how much it was at least, but just by getting rid of that, at least shaving off 1,500 calories in a single meal, okay? So if you were to go back to the Davis that went through every single diet, I did vegan, after that, right? Obviously, that blew up in my face. And then after that, I did slow carb, keto, or paleo. Paleo led me to keto. I did keto for like two and a half years. Eventually, I loved keto so much, I ended up going zero carb, right? And, um, I was still trying to do it keto ish. And so, you know, I was trying to hit fat macros. Well, you know, what animal has a crap load of fat on it? Pork, right? And then that blew up in my face. Okay. Told my had high blood sugars, you know, high inflammation markers across the board. Everything looked like crap. And then it wasn't until I found a uh, post by the name of pork, um, huge shout out to zero carbs. Zen. it was zero carbs Zen backslash pork where I found out not only with the uh, owner of the blog itself, but inside of a Facebook group with type two diabetics that for a um, handful of people, a lot of people, pork can cause a huge spike in blood sugar numbers as well as inflammation uh, numbers. So, or uh, inflammation markers. Anyway, I didn't want to do that anymore. I've been failing diets since I was like nine years old. I didn't want to ride that merry-go-round anymore. I didn't want to be the guy telling myself, all right, I'm going to be the same. I'm going to do this miracle diet and I'm going to eat the same way, the same thing every single day, every single meal for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, right. For me, that was the biggest setup for failure. For some people, that might work. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, by all means, some people still wear shell-toed Adidas every single day from the 80s. You know what I mean? But that's just not me. Um, you know, my body has changed. My, 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 my appetite for different foods has changed. My palate has changed. Um, and so anyways, that was one of the different ways that I was able to crush that once and for all was ask myself, like, what do I see myself doing five years from now and just do it now? My version of exercise, I told, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna wake up early back then. That was just getting into the shower five to 10 minutes early before I are going for a walk outside before jumping in the shower, before going to work. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't jumping a bunch of rope. It wasn't CrossFit. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing like hill sprints or nothing weird like that. It was literally a walk because I was morbidly, morbidly, morally obese. And that's, you know, that's what worked for me. That was the catalyst for me. Okay. Do what works for you. Okay. Um, number three. Okay. What if I did the exact opposite for just 48 hours? Right. Let me repeat that one again. And this one actually goes a uh, huge shout out to the gentleman by the name of Tim Ferris Two R's and two S's. If you want to look him up, what if I did the exact opposite for just 48 hours? Okay. And here's what his, um, his, um, explanation was to me he, at the time, I guess he was doing, um, you know, sales stuff and he was a sales guy working eight to five and he was just, you know, making a million phone calls, a million phone calls, a million, and he wasn't getting anywhere. And he was doing that because the top people were doing that. And he said, you know what? What if I tried the exact opposite just for 40 hours, just to see what happens. And he was like, you know what? Okay, cool. Let's start 45, I think like half an hour, not even an hour. I think it's like half an hour, maybe an hour early. Okay. And let me just go ahead and, you know, try that. And what he found is, is that, cause I think at the time he was telling, selling like technology, what he found is, is when he actually went and called it just a little bit earlier, it went right past, you know, the secretary and he got like the decision maker on the phone and he was able to completely up his sales numbers doing way less work. Okay. Way, way less work. Cause he was able to make contacts versus getting, going right into a huge brick wall or getting a lot of voicemail or getting the secure, uh, you know, the secretary, um, you know, playing defense or whatever. Right. For me as a type two diabetic, this didn't really dawn on me until at the time I was doing, um, you know, keto. Okay. And high five to my, all my keto friends. That has nothing to do with keto. There's a lot of really beautiful things outside of keto, um, or inside of keto rather, um, and outside, right. Um, you know, life. Okay. I'm like pro life. I'm not pro diet. I'm pro life. 
You know what I mean? Like if some, if a diet doesn't work for somebody, I'm not going to turn my back on them. Okay. I'm like, I don't care whatever it takes. Let's give you more resources so you can live the best life possible. Right. That's my game. Um, and so when I look at that and I was like, okay, I was doing that. And at the time, um, I wanted to measure my blood ketones and I bought the Abbott precision extra. And ironically, long story short, I bought the wrong strips. I bought the blood strips, not the ketone strips. And I figured, you know, what? I might as well learn how to use these anyway. Cause I'm, a, I might as well just use them up. And then I'll just, I was too lazy to return them. Um, because I bought the big bulk pack and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to freaking nerd out on these blood numbers. And I'll just, that'll shape me or get me ready for the ketone numbers. Long story short. I, um, had these, um, I ate these Brussels sprouts. Okay. These Brussels sprouts, these keto style ones. And I, I only had like eight grams for the day left and I pulled them out of the oven. It's the ones with like, you know, like garlic, butter, Parmesan and bacon on them. Okay. Like, look, I don't care if you put that on my wallet. I'm gonna try to find a way to eat it. Okay. Long story short, I only had eight grams left for the day stuffed my face. (laughs) <laughs> stuffed my face was cl- probably clearly out of ketosis and was like, Oh man, why'd I do that? And then I checked my blood sugar numbers and they were totally normal. And that's when it like dawned on me. I was like, wait a minute here. Like, what? you know what I mean? Like I'm doing all these, you know, all these different things to hit macros and all this other stuff. And it kind of dawned on me. Like I just stuffed my face probably out of ketosis, you know, ate way more carbs than I should have. And my blood sugar was still totally normal. And I was like, hmm. And I never actually took the time to actually listen to my body, which was like my light bulb, um, versus, you know, listening to, you know, all these different diet gurus. And that was a light bulb for me. I was like, you know what? Instead of trying to listen to diet guru X or, you know, Dr. Y or whatever, and listening to them, I looked at and I asked myself a super simple, stupid question. I was like, look, how did I get diagnosed anyway? Oh yeah. They looked at my blood sugar, right? They looked at my blood, my blood, my blood panel, right? My blood numbers. Right. And then what do my doctor, what does my doctor look at when it comes to taking me off my drugs, telling me I did a good job, bad job or whatever. And, you know, obviously, and eventually taking me off my drugs, which they did. How, what are they looking at? Okay, it's real simple. My my blood panel, right? My blood numbers, right? And I was here. I am. I'm looking at my blood numbers, and I was like, why don't I just look at that instead? Of, you know what I mean? Like, why was I why was I doing this whole hamster wheel thing? The crazy thing is, is I wouldn't ever change it for you know the world. Um, I lo- I learned a lot. To be totally straight with you, I used to be that nerd who would like not only listen to YouTube, uh, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, read blog posts. Um, I would even go on to the National Institutes of Health. Uh, public, you know, U.S. Public Library of Medicine and the Public Library of Science, PLOS, uh, PLOS, and I would go out and read case studies from around the world. So whenever you'd hear like, you know, diet, you know, Guru X or Dr. Y or whatever, talking about, you know, the, st- the study of Cambridge, blah, blah, blah. You would actually find those studies and actually read them directly and get all the gold that they're not talking about. Right. Anyway. Um, what if I stopped? Cause if you ever read any of those case studies, what does it say about your DNA? What does it say about what foods you crave? What does it say about what you're going to have tomorrow, what you're eating right now, or what's it going to say about how your body's going to react to certain foods, your tolerances to certain foods. If you might be allergic to certain foods, if you're anything like me, it's probably going to say nothing. You know what I mean? And that was like the catalyst where I was like, what if I didn't BS myself and I just looked right at the same dang thing my doctor was going to look at anyway? Because they were going to look at it anyway, right? Every 90 days, they were going to look at it anyway. So I was like, you know what? What if I didn't want to BS myself and what I just yanked the covers back and just did that? Okay. Just like that. Started looking at the actual thing, changed everything. Okay. I found out, oh dude, with like a five degree turn, I can eat everything from like, you know, uh, paleo whole 30. I can go keto. I can go zero carb. I can go vegan. I can do whatever. Why? Because instead of putting myself in a diet box, I literally just the stupidest thing ever took a picture with my phone of what I ate and then tipped myself. So I now knew what the food looked like, what the quantities looked like and what my numbers were in accordance to that. Bingo. Okay. Um, number four, um, mindset hack number four, mindset technique number four goes to a uh, Pharrell Silverberg. Okay. Pharrell Silverberg. Um, he has a book, I believe it's called making the leap. Okay. And he is a psychologist and he works with people with addiction. For me, my addiction was food. 
Okay. I have a very addictive, uh, you know, uh, personality. I love to laugh. Um, I love food. Um, and a lot of these things can be turned into very, very powerful things when, when you understand how they work, obviously they can work to the detriment of a lot of people, which is very empowering because I was one of those people, right? I still have the addiction to food. I just made a little two degree change, right? What foods do I already love that work well with my blood sugar that way, whether I'm eating healthy, picking out, I can, I can get down or whatever, not have any issues with my blood sugar. Okay. Super simple. However, for Pharrell Silverberg was, here's the number, uh, number three, uh, thing number four, is isolating the triggers, okay? And basically what he's saying is that addictive habits, addictive properties, if you will, are typically a, um, a series of both conscious and subconscious events, right? Here's a perfect example. Um, I used to like binge eat, okay? I used to binge eat when I was first um, trying to push my window of intermittent fasting, Okay. I would push the fasting window, push the, and the next thing you know, by the time I would push it so hard, um, earlier in my journey before learning the whole 10, 14 thing, um, I would ca- it caused me to pig out. And actually this happened was doing the client was going through that I was working with at the same time through at work was doing the same thing. And it wasn't until I saw him do it and like, look from the outside that it helped me answer the problem for me. And here's what I mean by that. So I found out like when I would pig out, I would eat everything that wasn't supposed to eat, right? So I said, okay, what if before I would get hungry, instead of pushing this window out, 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 before I got hungry, because here's the long story short, the client um, that I had at work, um, he was um, fasting. He was doing like an 18, um, I'm sorry, yeah, 16, eight or 18, six. And he was telling me how he forced himself to do it. And then by the time he was done, He'd eat all this Chinese food and he didn't just eat one serving. He ate two double servings, ended up way overeating on his calories and all this other stuff, right? Doing way more damage than he was eating like, you know, the almonds and whatever he came in to work with, right? He was doing way better before versus trying it that way. And so I was like, oh, what if before I got super starving, ate, guess what? Something that I love that worked well with my blood sugars, right? Like, cool. Let me go get a protein burger. Done. Couple cheeseburgers. Guess what? My blood sugar didn't spike. I didn't have to go through that crazy weird roller coaster. And then I could push that fasting window 15 minutes at a time. All right, cool. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Next thing you know, I'm fasting for a day, two days, three days. Not a big deal. Okay. Super, super simple. Why? Because I wasn't forcing my body to do something I didn't want. And I was just, you know, taking little baby steps, letting my body run its pace at its own timeline, right? Like let it, letting it, letting it run its own course, if you will, at its own pace, right? I'm not going to force it. There are going to be times where we want to push and strive and all this other stuff. And we're going to shatter things that once held us back. And yes, that's phenomenal. However, it's not like that on every single thing, right? So isolating the triggers, what is going to trigger a huge negative cascading effect? If we can find that one thing, what we're going to find is that it's not 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag of a, you know, a diet with, you know, a million different moving pieces or these crazy complex exercises or a, a crazy routine with a thousand moving parts. No, it's usually one small thing, one small thing. And we make that adjustment on that trigger that we isolate that trigger. Boom. Right. The trigger for me to binge eat was the fact that I pushed myself so far that I'd be like gnawing on my keyboard at work. Well, duh, D, if I just ate something that I loved that it spiked my blood sugar right before that happened, that whole binging process went right out the window too. And it stopped happening just like that. And then I still wanted to intermittent fast. Awesome. So go pee. You know what I mean? What I mean by go pee is push that window 15 minutes. Okay. 15 minutes becomes 30, becomes 45, becomes an hour, becomes two hours, three, four, five, six, eight, two days, whatever it is. Why? Because we're letting our body take, run its course at its own pace. Okay. If you want to know how to make things look like a breeze, that's how I was doing it because I wasn't pushing, I wasn't forcing myself to go through all the headaches everyone else was dealing with. I know as stupid as it sounds, as simplistic as it sounds, that one little common sense little thing changed everything, right? You can watch people suffer and do that, play that game with themselves over and over and over, or take the easy way. Okay. 
isolating, or actually say much smarter way, isolating and easier, isolating triggers. Okay. Um, number four, number five, if you will, actually, we just talked about it is baking in those baby steps. Okay. Perfect example. We all know that we should probably eat and maybe even exercise a little bit. Well, Let's look at what we just talked about right now. For me, if you see any of my exercises now, sure, I'm doing like intervals. I mean, obviously like gyms are closed right now, but I would be lifting weights. I'd be, you know, um, I really want to get back into running. Um, But let's be real here. It didn't start like that at all with any of this. It started with a five to a 10 minute walk outside of the front of my house before I jumped in the shower for work in the morning. When I told myself, what do I see myself doing five years from now and do it now? Cool. I saw myself waking up early and doing exercise 10 minutes early. That's all it was baking in the small things, right? In the same way that if you, if I threw you in the shower right now and you're probably going to wash your body, your hair, whatever, get ready, get dressed and then leave the house. You probably have a routine. That routine, if you break down the sequence of first, you might start with, you know, washing your neck, then your shoulders, then your belly, then your arms, then your, you know, your, your armpits, then around your hips, right? You get the front, you get the back down your right leg, all the way down to the bottom. You know, you get in between your toes all the way back up. You know what I mean? Front and back all the way around, around the, you know, around your shin, around the calf, behind the knee. And then you come up around the hips and then you do the left side, same routine, right? Like, a shower itself, if we break it down, it's like 20 steps probably, right? Or maybe three, depending on how you like to break down your steps. However, that routine is not complex, right? That routine started probably when we were kids and it's just something that's baked in. This is the same exact thing. Same exact thing. Okay. Um, it doesn't have to be crazy. Bake in the baby steps. And the next thing you know, somebody baking in the baby steps to the point where it just becomes regular routine to where they're not thinking about it. They're just doing it and living it out. I'll take that person versus the odds of taking somebody and just throwing them 10 pounds of crap in a two pound bag of a diet and exercise regimen and watching them hoping that they stick, right? Cause that's, that's the whole reason why. The diet industry is a multi, what is it, billion or trillion dollar industry. It's predicated on failure, right? So, oh, you know what? Actually, here's a simple, here's, actually, I'm going to give you four mindset um, techniques. One of the biggest mindset techniques that helped me out more than anything in this journey was to stop, take a look around at where a lot of people are having struggles. Look for the top five challenges or the top five struggles that everyone's having doing that thing. And before you even take the first step, try to five at, try to find, try to answer those five. That way, if you already know what the issues and the challenges are, and if you could find somebody who, who has the answers to those, it's like having the answers to a test before walking in the room right? Most folks are going to walk into that mug blind and they're going to walk right into that struggle, wherever that struggle might be. Perfect example is the whole intermittent fasting thing, right? And then what if I just had a very super simple, stupid, common sense way to address it up front, right? Now we're literally able to, you know, cross huge gaps of challenges with very little to no work. Okay. It's about working much smarter, much more efficient, Okay. Really just kind of second grade, five-year-old, seven-year-old common sense. Let me take a step back and watch where everyone's having problems and rank them, you know, find the five worst ones, whether they really are statistically or whether they just look like something that sucks. And I just don't want to go through that. And let me just give myself, you know, an answer to that. So at least walking in, at least you're prepped, right? And then baking that into the baby steps. Woo! Did I really just say that? Woo! Crazy. Anyway, yeah. Stopping to look around here. Let's get to the bonus ones. Stop. Let's, we're going to start with that one. Um, I had another three here, which I'm going to give you. But yeah, let's start with that one. Stop. Look around where everyone else is struggling and answer that. Okay? Come up with an answer for it. So that way, when it does come up, if it even comes up, you've got an answer for it. Okay? Here's another one. Embracing yourself and the people that you love. 
we caught we talked about it a little bit on you know technique number one you know peeling back those those layers but i'll tell you right now right that same goofy insecure kid inside of me that's now like fighting that's now empowered and like fighting in a different way that's like inspiring my kids in a way that i never really even thought um i was i never got good grades my kids they get straight a's ironically my son tells me straight up he hates school still gets straight a's okay and i even told him i was laughing about him you know what's funny kid You've actually got one of the biggest formulas to winning in life. If you could do things that you hate better than most folks can even do, period, you've got it. You basically got it licked. You just got to now learn to apply that everywhere else, right? Um, so yeah, embracing yourself and the people that you love, you know, um, I work really hard. I'm always thinking about my wife and my kids. Um, I work really hard. And I also think of the way that I used to beat up on myself. Um, and then that same level of insecurity and that, that whatever is actually now the source of like inspiration and love for my wife, love for my kids, uh, even a little bit of self love. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm able and I'm easy to, I, I can easily laugh at myself now. In places where I used to always try to justify and, and try to prove that I was right. That doesn't, that doesn't really mean anything. Really? I mean, if you're right, you're right. But even if you're, even if it doesn't necessarily resonate with someone, do I really need to like beat my chest or whatever? Not really. It's not really going to change anything aside from stroke my own ego. Right? And then when I let go of that, Things became, you know, covering distance became so much easier. Like getting past goals or getting past challenges became a lot easier. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some really hard ones out there. But man, it was just so much easier when I didn't have like that 150 pound backpack on my shoulders. That's for sure. You know, um, two, obviously we just talked about it. There is turning insecurity and the past failures into your superpower. All right. Um, for the longest time, um, uh, my association of my personality with people came with food. When I would hang out with my friends, they'd be like, oh, you know, like it's D- Davis going to be around. Like, let's eat something good, you know, or we're going to have to eat something heavy or something. You know what I mean? I remember fishing, um, with my buddies and they were just like, yeah, man, let's, you know, let's kind of grab something just kind of quick, you know, whatever. So it's a, it's a light day today. Let's just chill for the rest of the day. And they already knew, like, they look at me and they're like, oh man, like, yeah, let's, we're probably gonna have to go get like pizza and subs and stuff our faces and stuff. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, some, I'm, I'm still gluttonous. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I'll, I'll find foods that I love that work with my blood sugar so I can still stuff my face. However, that that level of insecurity now is like a, a source for inspiration to me. It's like, oh, really? Like, what if I just call that out for what it is and address it? And that's a huge part of the reason why when we see our kids following in our same footsteps, my kids are excelling in places I I probably never would have at, the, at that age. And it inspires me. I'm like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. And it makes me love them more and appreciate them more, not because they're excelling, but because it allows them to be themselves in a way that maybe didn't, I didn't really have, or maybe didn't work for me or maybe I had, but just didn't, um, you know, I just didn't have my things together, you know? Um, and then here's another one we touched on it, but this one's huge. Okay. Is letting go. Okay. Letting go and making peace with the past in your own little way. Um, when we talked about technique number one and I got all the way down to just, just this little kid deep inside of me that was like fighting, he was insecure, just fighting for the sake of fighting. You know what I mean? Um, the minute I made peace with that, it was like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. You know, it allowed me to laugh at myself when I was wrong. It allowed me to be a kid again, as goofy as it sounds. And the next thing you know, I had all this energy, time, money, whatever, to now reinvest in a different way that I never really had before. 
And the funny thing about that is it allowed me to even have more fun when I did fail. It allowed me to pick myself up faster than I ever did before. Why? Because the same way that a toddler might like, you know, walk and then eat it and just get right back up again just because they're just, they just don't know any better. It allowed me to like live that back out again. And if you notice, like a lot of times, even now I'm seeing it more and more with my kids. If things don't go as well as maybe they planned, I used to hold on to that thing like baggage and I'd almost wear it like a badge and like beat myself up when I didn't have to. It was some BS story that I told myself in my head that did, that wasn't even real. It was one of these weird figments of imagination that I just made up and held against myself. Like, where did that get anybody? Never. Anywhere. Ever. Right? And so, now that I was able to make peace with that, my kids will be the first one to tell you that they're the first ones that like make fun of me and we all laugh together. And it's because it's just lighthearted stuff. You know? And I hope that exists for you. I hope that somewhere in there, any of this stuff exists for you because that, uh, you know, mentally is how I was able to completely free myself from all the different clutches that led me to type two and was really like, you know, kind of held me back for a while. Um, there were times where it did help me in my growth, but if I could be honest, looking back, um, it didn't have to be as hard. Um, and I kind of wish that somebody had this kind of stuff to share with me. So anyways, I absolutely hope that serves you well. My heart's with you. You have absolutely everything that it takes to crush type two, type two on your own terms. Don't ever let anyone take that from you. Love you, dude. I'm out.